is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. Part two with Jim Meskimen continues the conversation on relationships in the industry, listening, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy part two with Jim Meskimen. Is there a particular project that has taught you the most about yourself or a significant amount about yourself? Oh my, uh, that's a very good question. The first thing I thought of was, um, <laughs> I, uh, when I, when I was doing commercials, when I first started out, I lived in New York and, and, you know, I knew that, I knew that my mom had kept us uh, going as a family. She was a single mom raising two kids. She kept us going by every now and then, you know, she'd book a commercial and that was like a windfall because it wasn't a lot of money, but it was, she didn't have to struggle quite so much, you know? So I thought when I went to New York, well, I, I should probably see about getting into commercials so I can kind of finance all these other really artistic things that I have going on <laughs> that pay nothing. So I, the, some of the first commercials I ever got were the most difficult, uh, demanding kind of challenges that I ever faced as a, as a performer for quite a long time. And there was one where, and, and it teaches you, right? You go, wow, yeah. this is, this is tough. And I got 40 people looking at, it. and we're on the clock. And what if I can't do this? No, I have to do it. And, you know, you have to push through. And there was physically, there was this uh, very challenging special effects shoot. This is before all the digital things that have made special effects shoots so easy. But hmm. I was to be, uh, you know, a spokesman for Quality Inns Hotels. And I was in a suitcase. I came out of the suitcase. And then I picked up another suitcase, put it beside me. I came out of that suitcase. And there would be, by the end of it, there would be three images of me coming out of three different suitcases and talking and interacting and speaking super fast because 30-second commercials have no no room to breathe. Yeah. And it all had to be done within the same uh, take, basically, or the same um, film magazine. That was when there were film magazines on the, on the camera. So there was a certain limitation to how many mistakes you could make before we had to start all over again. And we were working on it and working on it and working on it to the point where I was like, oh, my God, nobody's ever done this. Somebody wrote it on a piece of paper and that, now we're supposed to achieve it. And like it was driving me crazy. And everybody was kind of like drumming their fingers on the desk and looking at me. And, and I guess what I learned was and we did finally eventually pull it off. But it was like, wow, you know, I guess I learned like like you learn at various times that. If something is important to you, for whatever reason, you know, it's your job or trying to save a life, you know, something really, really important, not just doing a commercial, right. then you, you, there is a certain power and thrust to that intention and a decision to come hell or high water, you know, pull it off. Uh, I think a lot of people have experienced that in probably a much more, <laughs> much more serious ways than I did then, but that was the one that came to mind. Yeah, it's that it's definitely that pushing through. Are we going to give up or are we going to just <laughs> get to the other yeah. side? Can we punt? No. Okay. <laughs> We're going to run. <laughs> We're going to run. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Professional relationships in the industry. I'm curious what your views are. I, I would imagine it's not a coincidence that you've worked with Ron Howard five times, but it's because <laughs> you work well together. Anything that comes to mind on um, your views of professional relationships? Well, obviously, 
you know, relationships in in human life are so important. So uh, in, in show business, it's no different. It's not carte blanche. You can't just like uh, be the son of somebody and, and instantly walk into a great role, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, maybe you can have an opportunity. Maybe you get a leg up. That's what I feel like I got. I got a little bit of an advantage, you know, because I did. I met Ron Howard. Now, who knew Ron Howard was going to become one of the top directors <laughs> in civilization? Yeah. We didn't necessarily know that. We know we knew he was interested, uh, but he was always very kind to me, and so that was helpful. But I had to prove myself, and I auditioned for Ron for the first movie I did, and uh, I guess I did okay, you know. So mm. he continued to hire me. But um, uh, relationships are, <clears throat> I guess, they're kind of an offshoot of one's brand. Mm. If we talk about branding and branding, I think I go by the definition that uh, that Gary Vaynerchuk says, where your brand is just your reputation, right? Yeah. And, and relationships are influenced very much by reputation. Uh, you know, we, we were doing a kitchen bath remodel and we met uh, a contractor because he had a good reputation with a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you know, it's all going pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just hired someone out of the Yellow Pages or what 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 used to be called the Yellow Pages, I don't know what color they are today, uh, then you, you don't you don't quite have that security of reputation. And so you might compromise a little bit. But um, like I. I've made some really great friends in show business that I've worked with for decades. And they're just like people that I love and I know they love me. Mm. And they've proven themselves again and again. And I've certainly tried to do my best to always deliver. Uh, The guys, uh, Greg and Evan Spiridellis, that started the Jib Jab brand that did a series of very uh, breakthrough animations and now have a company, uh, a bunch of various uh, animated series for kids called uh, Ask the Storybots on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've worked with them since the early 2000s, and we met and became friends. And then they, you know, I did them some favors with my voice and, you know, voiced some things for them. And then they gave me some opportunities, and we have very happily uh, co-conspired on quite a number of creative projects. And you know, they take me along with them with with their shows, and I provide what they need and help them to grow and build. So, you know, it's very organic. It's what people do. I, I know when I get a good break and I have an opportunity, I'm very happy to share it with friends that that can maybe fit into some of those slots. Hmm. Yeah, it's it, I that's and I've heard this before. I'm trying to remember how I how it was phrased. But if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want, essentially. And how cyclical yeah. it is, you know, karma. Yeah, and that's it's also that's a foundation too of the improv that I studied. So I, I was very into improv in New York, and I've been on Whose Line Is It Anyway, and done a lot of things with improv. And uh, that is all about, I think, when when it's taught well, it's taught in a variety of ways. But when it's taught well, it's look to your partner, look to that other actor, and give them what they need. Take your attention off yourself, hmm. and then they will reciprocate, and then you can have you can create art that way. If you're only thinking about yourself and the clever thing you could say and what you need, uh, you don't you're not there really for your other partner. And that that works, I think, in a marriage as well and a lot of other relationships, too. What do they need? Work on providing that and expect and and uh, anticipate that they're going to return the favor in in life. How do you, if you do balance achievement versus fulfillment? Well, let's see. Achievement is uh, actually getting something done and completing something. And fulfillment is kind of the net result of that, right? It's the feeling that one gets. 
um, they're quite related, aren't they? <laughs> uh, I think, yes. uh, you know, now there are certain assignments that I get or parts that I play where the achievement kind of balances out the fulfillment or the fulfillment is is not really what I'm going for, you know, uh, necessarily. I, I do a lot of work that is just kind of work that people need. And I, do I feel fulfilled? You know, you know I'm, I'm happy that they're happy. It doesn't mean too much for me. Uh, sometimes I'm working on things where I've achieved something like, uh, well, going back to one of my happiest uh, assignments was working for Ron again, Ron Howard on Apollo 13. And I, I worked on that picture for a month and I learned all about the space program and I got to portray a mission controller. And so, you know, every week I had achieved my my week of work, but the fulfillment was quite strong because that is a, a meaningful and positive and unique story that I was really happy to be part of. And I know everybody was that worked on it, uh, all the actors. We felt like we were, this is actually a story that matters. You know, this is not just some crappy tale about, you know, firing machine guns off or having a monster bite your neck. This is, you know, this is kind of about something. So uh, that, the fulfillment was, I think even was much greater than, than the achievement of, wow, I got that paycheck or uh, I finished that week of work and I wasn't late too much. Was that energy on set every day with um, Apollo 13 of uh, the gravitas of what this story meant and what, what it could teach someone? Yeah, I wouldn't describe it as, as gravitas particularly, but I know yeah, I think you're on the right track. Yeah, it was like the purpose of it was was a good, good purpose. And that was always present. Mm. Uh, movie sets are, are long and boring, <laughs> regardless of what story you're telling. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of waiting around. But, um, you know, that's what the that's what craft service is for. You go and get a cup of coffee and suddenly you're energetic again. <laughs> You feel good. Uh, is there good. is there a common piece of um, incorrect advice you hear in life or in your career? Yeah, I just heard it um, from a friend day before yesterday. So, and this is very kind of nichey, but um, if you're an actor, I, I've noticed that agents and managers have a kind of a disease, and they will tell an actor not to uh, do a lot of promotion on their own. I don't know why they do this, but they'll, you know, the friend of mine recently said, uh, yeah, I, my agents told me not to send out a lot of postcards because, or, or, you know, tell them who you're going to send postcards to and basically putting a stop on the line. And I've, I, years ago, an agent advised me, you know, don't hire a PR person to promote, you know, your, that you're in this movie. Uh, and I don't know, understand it because it's, it's very counterproductive An actor needs to do whatever they can, I think, within reason and within good manners mm. to spread the word, to let them know uh, what they're doing, let people know what they're doing and to become uh, more accessible to audiences and and to casting people and uh, and people that are making projects. So anything that uh, the bad advice that people get is like, well, I think I will withhold myself and not pester and bother other people with my postcards, with my phone calls, with my whatever invitations to my showcase or whatever no no that's that's exactly what you want to do you want to you want to let people know on a continuous basis you know like think about coca-cola there's a company i don't know if you realize coca-cola and they are putting out a kind of a beverage that is it's not that healthy <laughs> uh, we don't need quite, it quite famous. quite famous uh you know cheap to make expensive to buy and 
How many times is a person confronted by or exposed to uh, a message about Coca-Cola in a day? It's innumerable, right? You go, I don't know. I walked past a thing and there was a sign and there was a commercial and there was a guy and a thing on the radio. and blah, blah. You add it up and it's like, I don't know, 50 impressions a day, a hundred. Mm. It depends. You know, if you go to a football game, forget it. You've seen a thousand images of Coca-Cola. So they don't stop and they don't really have much to offer, frankly. Forgive me if anybody's working for Coca-Cola, but, you know, sugar water. And we as artists, uh, if I may uh, you know, shine my own um, mule post. Uh, we have so much more to offer because uh, we have creativity and invention and stuff that's actually kind of good for the soul. Uh, and so th all that to say is that don't withhold yourself, promote a lot. And uh, if it, your agent or manager tells you not to, tell them, oh, okay, and then just do it anyway. Yeah, that I don't, I don't follow that piece of advice. I don't understand why you'd want to not <clears throat> constantly be, you know, putting yourself out there. It's yeah. Know. I hear it all the time. It's really funny. Do you have any uh, favorite books, most gifted books, recent reads that were fantastic? Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Well, my, my old standby is Dianetics. L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics. Fantastic book. Changed my life. Recently, I narrate a lot of books. I've narrated, I don't know, 200 books. And I recently read one called The Academy and the Award about the Academy Awards and how that started. Fascinating. Hmm. Beautifully written book. Fascinating. <laughs> you know, we take it for granted, the Oscar and everything. Yeah. Boy, there's been some adventures. There's been some real adventures along that line. So uh, I recommend that one highly. And if you want to get the audiobook, I narrated it. I love the it. The Academy. And yeah. I love it. Metaphorically speaking. If you could put a yes. word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Word or a phrase? Um, you know, something you raised earlier, I think, uh, is, is useful. How about this one? Try listening. You certainly learn more that way. It's not a bad thing to remind oneself. I mean, even I, I you know, and I flatter myself that I'm pretty good at communication, but every now and then I've sort of, I've already decided what that person is saying. It's almost like autocorrect. Uh, it happens with my wife. <laughs> she starts to talk and I go, okay, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. And then I acknowledge it before she's even done. I know. Let's keep, let's, let's keep the marriage together. Try listening. I love that. I love that. I love this conversation. I thank you so yes. much for taking the time to hop on. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 